This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Firemaker Brewing Company. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have a... Studio full of people in the studio, <laughs> yes. Brian. Live, all in the studio, and I, I don't, I know I don't get everybody in the list, but we've got Elliot Hall, the CEO and co-founder of Firemaker Brewing Company. We also have Kevin Wright, the head brewer. We've got Rachel Brammer, the uh, marketing manager. We got Tyler Armstrong, the sales director. And I know we've got Susan there, and I didn't catch, I didn't catch what her job title was. Susan's our office administrator. She office just administrator. started last week, actually. So cool. okay, there we go. All right, so that's <laughs> that's that's who we've got here. So we're going to talk about the collaboration beers, beers made with tea, upcoming events, and maybe something called Ethiopian hops if we have a chance to get into the news. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Oh, excited to be here. Thanks for inviting us, y'all. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Brian sounded a little overwhelmed with everybody. He's like, and I guess that's everybody. <laughs> I had to ad lib. Uh, you know how I like going off script. He needs a, he needs a break now. <laughs> that's he right. needs a little yeah, breather. I need a breather. But y'all, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's good to have you here. As we were, we were talking just before we got on air, Elliot, that you and I have known each other much longer than fire when firemaker was just a little a little fire tender there yeah. right <laughs> Dream smoke of, and signal uh, a small spark yeah good stuff yeah. man. well it's awesome man we're looking forward to chatting with you and diving into it you know if you guys don't mind before we dive into firemaker i've got an exciting announcement about beer guys radio that's that it i want to share with everybody so we made some things official this week we teased it brian on social yes. media with some pictures a couple weeks ago but we have formed an alliance a partnership with dickie broadcasting company out of atlanta georgia uh, Dickey Broadcasting is home of 680 The Fan Sports Radio, very popular sports radio station, and our local affiliate here in Atlanta, Extra 106.3. Uh, through our partnership with Dickey Broadcasting, we've also joined the Podcast Park, a network that they have that until we joined the network was uh, sports, and they want to become sports and lifestyle. So we're that first jump into becoming a lifestyle network. We're there. supplying all the lifestyle. We are for yes. now, man, <laughs> but we're hoping to be a foot in the door for some others. Yes. So. If you are currently a podcast listener, you're not going to hear any difference. You'll still get our podcast at all your favorite podcasting apps. Radio listeners, same thing. We're still going to be there for you. This will just allow us to do some more stuff here in our local market and through the podcast park to grow a little bit more nationally and hopefully globally. So we're uh, very excited about that partnership and what it's going to bring for Beer Guys Radio and some more opportunities, more options for our sponsors as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be good. We're excited. We just wanted to share that with everyone. We're, yeah. we're excited for y'all to be the Thank first so ones much. on. Congrats. How about it, man? It's, Good it's stuff. It's, so, it's, uh exceeds my wildest dreams. Doesn't it, yeah. though, man? Think yeah. about that, Brian. We just sat around and talked about beer. We're doing I, cool I stuff here. I would not have expected it. Good stuff. Yes, Good stuff. Awesome. awesome. Well, you know, I figure since uh, Valentine's Day has come, I was going to say Halloween, <laughs> which I guess depending on how things are going for you, it could be. <laughs> Depends on who you're paired up with. You might right. dress up in costumes be. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do whatever makes you happy, you and your partner exactly. on Valentine's Day. But with valentine's day right around the corner i thought it'd be fun there's some valentine's themed beers out or maybe beers that you would enjoy for valentine's day that maybe aren't necessarily themed that way but uh kevin what are you 
popping open for Valentine's Day. What beer would you choose for a Valentine's beer? Yeah, well, Valentine's Day this year, my wife is a dark beer fan, and luckily here at Firemaker, we have a Love You Latte um, coffee, vanilla, chocolate stout, and that is right up her alley, and I will be bringing a number of crawlers home. That sounds, that sounds like a good plan, man. That a good fantastic. Beer. Yeah. Especially if the wife is a fan of those kinds of beers. That really worked out well for you, huh? Oh, yeah. It works out beautifully for me. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Elliot, how about you? What would you choose for Valentine's Day? Uh, probably uh, what we're drinking on, uh, Bromeo and Juliet. Bromeo and Juliet? Yeah. I just love the can, love the beer, love the name. Is it cheating to pick your own brewery? It kind of is. I but... mean, that's too easy, right? <laughs> I... I they didn't know that we were going to ask this question before they cracked open these cans. They so did it's not. A nice they, were, they prepped yeah. us there. They, they were did. ready before yeah. they knew they were. This is a tasty beer, by the way. I'm really enjoying this. The Bromeo and Juliet. Thank you. Good old hazy IPA. Good stuff. Brian, as you and Uma sat down for a Valentine's Day drink, and I know Uma just chugs beer. Nah, she's not much of a drinker, so I, if I were thinking about it, I, I, I'm, always, I'm always thinking like chocolates and cherries, that sort of thing, or just big chocolate. So... Thoughts were like Foothill Sexual Chocolate, perhaps, or I like even more, and I don't even know if it's still out. Evil Twin did I Love You With My Stout, okay, which I think <laughs> yeah. is the most appropriate beer for me because that's yeah. the only way I know how to love is with my stout. It's important to know your love language. That's right. My say. love language is stout. There. I yeah. totally respect that. And you know, Brian, I got to go kind of the same direction there. A beer we've talked about several times uh, from Avery Brewing, which just barely gets over George's ABV limit, so it's hard to get here. But Bonbon Cerise, chocolate-covered cherry stout, which is just, it's decadent, delicious, hits all the flavors without being cloying. And I just really wish we could uh, we could get those kind of beers here in Georgia. I really do, too. And honestly, had I uh, had you not beat me to it, I might have picked that one as well, because that's, that's a great beer. Well, that was actually the reason I, I told you that I was going to pick that right out of the gate, because I knew your mind would go there as well. If it were just me for Valentine's Day, it would probably be Twitch, which is their crazy coffee. The coffee one. One with a yeah. very high ABV, like 18%. So, but. And to be honest, there's quite a few beers out there that kind of fit that theme. If oh, yeah. You're, if you're going that direction. So, you know, you could have a Black Tuesday. Again, that's depends right. on your relationship status. As <laughs> your the, language as of as love, man. You, your love high language. ABV. Valentine, there you're ready. We've given you the yeah. setup. You're ready to get your drinks for Valentine's Day. So, Tim, what are the beers of the week? Brian, as you know, this may come as a surprise to you, but we've got a great list of beers here what? to drink this week. And I want to remind everyone and thank The Nest for sponsoring this segment. The Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia, plenty of taps of craft beer, good barbecue, so definitely go check them out. But here in the studio tonight, as Elliot already mentioned, we've got Bromeo and Juliet, a hazy IPA. We have Kevin, correct me if I get this wrong, Song of I can't read my handwriting in fire. <laughs> song of ladders, ladders and fire. Ladders and fire. <laughs> song of ladders and fire. And speaking of the fifty states, fifty beers, I think Jason Murphy did a really cool picture with that beer that he shared on social. Yeah, he, he did so a great picture. Yeah, I was afraid it was a fire hazard, but it was still a good picture. So we're going to get a taste <laughs> that. I'm really excited about that one. And uh, roasted and toasted, which is a coffee brown ale. So we're going to get into those today from Firemaker Brewing Company. It's going to be a good time. Well, Brian, do you have some uh, craft beer news for us this week? As it turns out, I do, much Good. like every week. Good. I just don't always get to tell you what it is. No, you don't. So we've got some interesting hop news this week uh, and bad news for brewers looking for new experimental ingredients. The TTB has issued new guidance on, quote, Ethiopian hops, and it says that Reminus prinoids, which is a scientific name of this 
Ethiopian hop. Is it? Yeah. You... Well, it's close. Okay. It's close. It right. <laughs> are not the same as the ones we traditionally use in making beer and cannot be used interchangeably with humulus lupulus. Additionally, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has not evaluated, evaluated the safety of Ethiopian hops for use in alcoholic beverages and is determined they are not generally recognized as safe. As such, the TTB will not approve beer or mead recipe applications that include it as an ingredient. So as it turns out, what's called Ethiopian hops or gesho are actually a species of African shrub called buckthorn. And it's clear from looking at the pictures of them that they're definitely not the same thing as the hops we see. They're, they're leaves and leaves off of this bush. Uh, but they are used in a similar manner to make, uh, to make beers and meads in Eritrea and Ethiopia. So they're used as kind of a bittering and flavoring agent. Okay. But yeah, it's a completely different they're making uh, Groot over there. Kind of, yeah. It's right? technically yeah. a Groot, Tim. So yeah. that's, that's exactly are, right. Are you guys familiar with these Ethiopian hops that they're talking about? No, I'm not at all. This is okay. pretty interesting. Some so new news. If people want to try it out, if you don't need to get TTB approval for it, and you trust the fact that it's been made for centuries in these areas already in beer, you, I think you can get it off of Amazon. I think I saw it for sale on Amazon. But, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I'm not recommending it. I'm not a doctor. Or You're just sharing the information <laughs> yeah, just there, letting right? you know that that's out there. So we've got another victim of the pandemic. An English pub claiming to be the oldest in Britain is shutting down, according to CNN. The owners of Ye Old Fighting Cocks Pub in a city just north of London claims it has been in operation since 793 or about 1,229 years. And it was at one point recognized by the Guinness World Records as the oldest pub in England. So they're closing for financial reasons because the last two years have been tough. The silver lining is, is they're not likely to stay closed long because the people running it aren't the people that own it. And the people that own it are looking to get it back in operation as soon as okay. possible. Well, that'll be so, good. Yeah. We'll have to reach out to our friend Owen Ogletree, big fan of those English shells, and make sure he doesn't need some emotional support. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Firemaker Brewing. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's Tap Room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram your revolution is over mr lebowski condolences the bums lost now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps <laughs> now let's get back to firemaker brewing company and now part of the podcast park network 
promise not to pitch that too much, but I figured that was a good time. They're to not one of the there. unpopular ones I was talking They're about. They're not one of the unpopular <laughs> especially not now. The listeners know which ones I'm talking they about. Know. You know. Yeah, you, you know. know. Firemaker Brewing Company, uh, Elliot, Kevin, thank you guys so much for yeah. joining us. We have got a new beer in our glasses here. We have the Roasted and Toasted Coffee Brown Ale. And, you know, I'm going to jump ahead here. We Jump ahead. We want to talk about this a little bit more. But does this year beer use Firemaker Coffee? Absolutely. Okay. Wouldn't miss All the opportunity. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, we'll dive more into coffee. I don't want to get Brian started on coffee talk just yet. He saw that I put that in the notes already. So. Yeah, I don't want to get him too started on that right the now. Minute the, the minute there's even any coffee mentioned, even in the, the periphery, that's coming up as a subject. It's there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But this is a, a coffee brown ale, and I've, I've said a lot. I don't find a lot of brown ales that I enjoy on their own, but I just think it's a fantastic delivery vehicle for things like coffee, toasted hazelnut, coconut, things like that. Are you a brown ale aficionado, just a base brown ale? You know, I wouldn't say aficionado, but okay. I, I will say that they're a rare enough style that when I see it, I'm going to get it. Um, it it's, a, it's a style I really enjoy and one I think that's underrepresented in, in the industry these days. So when I see it, I'm always going to grab it just, just out of curiosity um, for the most part. But, you know, definitely wanted one in our, in our brew house or in our tap room. I think it's a great style that's such an easy drinker that fills that multi void that I think a lot of people are looking for. Obviously, IPAs dominate everything, but there are other drinkers out there, and we want to make sure we have something for everybody. So I thought having a nice, easy drinking brown would, would be a good way to go. And I mean, and it's an L that kind of hits those points of it's still lighter, but you've got some roast, you've got some character there. So if you want something that's, you know, not Brian's 37% stout for Valentine's that's right. Day, <laughs> yeah. then this Coffee could fit stout. right in there for you, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's four point seven percent. I mean, you 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 can easily sit here and drink a number of these. It's it's got a nice light body to it. You know, get to your pores and stouts, and that body just starts kind of build up on you, and you don't right. want to have more than one. Um, I didn't want to go too strong on the coffee on this either, because that can be off putting for multiple beers. So, try to keep the coffee a little subdued. Make sure you know it's there, but not overpowering. Uh, keep it light and easy to drink, and think it turned out well. Ideal, Ideal cigar, cigar beer. beer. Yes. Ooh. Yep. That's that's the first thing I thought when I was drinking it. I could use a cigar right now. The brown ale and the coffee together, that's perfect. I, it, and uh, contrary to uh, what you were saying about the IPAs ruling everything, when it comes to cigars, I think a brown ale trumps any IPA you see. Oh, you've got to go dark yeah. with the cigar. The uh, Lovey Latte, too, you were talking about. Oh, that would be yeah. great, too. Especially the, the something about the, uh, the lactose that uh, helps bring out the flavors of the cigar. They're very complimentary. I interrupted Tim. You I'm did. sorry. And, <laughs> I'm and sorry. I, you may the, continue. The thought was there, and he wasn't. He's like, I can't let this go. I can't. I have to no. mention this cigar thing. I have to mention I, it. But what I was going to say, Brian, okay. was uh, <laughs> Elliot, he said he was talking about porters and stouts, and he said, and you can't drink more than one. You don't want to drink more than one. Do you agree with that insanity that he's talking <laughs> over here? So. Depends on the mood and the beer, I guess. Right. right? Um, I know I've, uh, speaking of the Love You Latte, uh, that's uh, one of my favorites, and I can easily a six-pack on a Saturday night. Kick back and enjoy, yeah. right? Well, it, we want to back up a little bit to uh, Firemaker and how it got started. You've worked across the board when we talk about the tiers of the beverage system. You've, uh, I know, I think we first met when you met, were maybe in distribution. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did. It was, uh, or I knew y'all. Right. Okay. <laughs> there that's, there that's for sure. Yeah. I, uh, or you and, uh, um, we, we talked a couple of times at like beer festivals and stuff like right. that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was in, I've worked every uh, tier system actually over the, over the years. So, um, retail distribution and now a brewer, right? Yeah. Well, I, I sit behind a desk, but <laughs> okay. I, I run a brewery. <laughs> <But> technically. <laughs> yeah. And I was a home yes. brewer for years. Uh, I haven't brewed a home batch though. And, uh, unfortunately 
uh, years now. It's right. a very big homebrew system now. That's yes. right. Huge. Of five Huge. <laughs> yes. Good stuff. Now, it's a more expensive. <laughs> was that always part of the plan when you started? How long have you been wanting to not be a brewer that owns a brewery? So uh, that's interesting. So um, rewind, shoot, over a decade. And uh, of course, in college, you know, retails, that side and everything like that. And I was selling alcohol under the table uh, or unlicensed, let's say, in college. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I think that's statue of limitation. Right? <laughs> probably okay. probably good enough. Yeah. So, so, so look up, right? <laughs> um, but uh, after college, I ended up getting a job with the uh, United Distributors. And it was, uh, I thought, walking out of college, it was going to be like, oh, I'm going to go wine and dine people and sell alcohol. Mm, that's going to sure, be the job sure, I get. Right. Of course, no, it's entry level grunt and yeah. <laughs> just throwing cases and uh, uh, working chain, uh, a chain being, you know, like big box stores and stuff like that. And uh, I homebrewed with my dad growing up. I homebrewed a little in college, but then I got really into it once uh, um, I was working with a distributor. So it was homebrewing by night and weekend and then selling by day. My wife, uh, a girlfriend at the time, uh, got really into craft beer along with me. And so pretty much all our vacations turned into going around to beer beers. vacations, huh? Beer yeah, vacations. Oh, and they still are. Like, um, But anyways, uh, long story short, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So it was like, all right, well, let's make out a plan and figure out how to get there. So it was always, but, you know, setting a 10, 12, 15 year goal, um, you're not sure where it's really going to go or how fast, which truly congrats y'all on the announcement from y'all. You're talking about Thank growing you. over there. Thank you. Yeah. And y'all talking about exceeding y'all's wildest expectations. Like when I think the last time I was on y'all were excited about a few States. Like a third. Hey, we've yeah, got three and, affiliates. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so yeah. this is yeah. just real cool. So the same thing with firemakers. I did not think I would do it in that. I don't want to say a short amount of time. It was a lot of doors closing, sure. opening windows, that whole thing. Yeah. But um, it was a goal uh, for, for the, the long term for sure. And supported Good of course stuff, by man. my wife and family. Thanks, y'all. Set your eyes on the prize, Brian. Exactly. I'm, he said he was homebrewing with his dad. I, was, I had to think, how much different was it to homebrew back then? Because, I mean, the, the availability <laughs> of equipment was considerably less. I mean, now I don't know how old you are, so I can't really say. Maybe you're only 20. I mean, I, I, I'm 57 years old. Okay, well, there we go. All right. good. So See what beer does what for you? It's, it's yeah. a six-pack of Love You Latte every Saturday. There that's you right. Go. And you, look, you don't look a day over 25, so that's perfect. It's working well for you. Um, uh, no, homebrewing uh, in the 90s. And, of course, my dad was the one really doing it. But it was neat. Like, I had his uh, binder. I still have them. I mean, he had four. Everyone had a computer and a cell phone. Like, he had binders with recipes in sure. it and his notes in it and stuff like that. And um, also, my you know, my brother was involved in that, too. And uh, so it was five gallon buckets. It was one shop. There was no online ordering anything, much less like specialty hops or malts and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. So, did you have any Ethiopian hops back then? We yeah. had plenty of those actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stocked up, man. Got them out of the backyard. Uh, yeah. yeah, a couple of shrubs yeah. back there. Just harvest them there. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I was like, uh, uh, I was the bottle cleaner. That's what I. Was like. <laughs> So. He said, I used to brew with my dad. He's like, wait a minute. That wasn't, I wasn't brewing. He just told me I was. I was right. cleaning bottles. <laughs> Over so. the sink, scrubbing bottles. You're brewing. You're brewing. Yeah. yeah. You're That's, brewing if you, if you wash kegs too. So yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a serious note with that uh, binder of notes and recipes, we ah, need to yeah. pull one out and there you go. Right. scale that. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. That's fantastic. Do you, are you, do you guys know Ron Patterson? You familiar with the name Ron Patterson? Uh, I'm not, no. So Ron is a UK-based uh, beer writer, author. Historian. Historian, yeah. pretty much. But one of the things he does is he goes to these ancient English breweries and digs up recipes and history and all that. And he came to Atlanta a few years ago. I think he's actually in Atlanta this week again. And unfortunately, we couldn't make the event. Oh, yeah. Stan Hieronymus and Ron Patterson. But oh, wow. 
I he, know Stan. Yeah, but he <laughs> came through and uh, partnered with Five Seasons Brewing that used to be here, one, a brew pub that used to be here, and they brewed like an 18th century 60 shilling, something oh, okay. like that. Nice. And Five Seasons made a wonderful haggis and potatoes to go with it. And so we sat there and talked, you know, historical beers and that. And they'd haggis. And, uh, yeah, and he, but so he digs up those old recipes and kind of keeps it alive and talks about the methods and, and everything they did with these beers and, you know, centuries ago. He's so, incredibly active cool. too. His his I believe yeah. it's his blog I'm following. He's always got some new information uh, about uh, World War One and World War Two, like breweries and beer and things like that. It's very interesting stuff. He's always digging up yeah. stuff, and it's fascinating. He's got a few books out there, but you know you really get to find out. I think the the beer history is phenomenal, and I think I saw something one time. The Atlanta History Museum may have like some stuff from uh, you know old Georgia breweries. I'd love to go flip through the pages there and see I what we can find. Firemaker Beer Guys Collab. History beer. There we do, there man. Some historical brewing right yeah, there. Something yeah. from Atlanta, Atlanta time. Georgia. See? Yeah. Good stuff, man. Boil good it stuff. with really hot rocks. Yeah. Right? There we yeah. go. <laughs> You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take us another break here, but we'll be back very soon with more Firemaker Brewing. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, WWDC HD2, 104.7 FM and 101 FM in Washington, D.C. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WWDC HD2 every Saturday at 5 p.m. Now let's get back to Firemaker Brewing Company. Firemaker Brewing Company, we are into... A song of uh, Ladders and Fire? That's correct, sir. Okay. I was, I was, I'm like, don't get it wrong twice, Tim. Who wrote the song? <laughs> don't do that. So, the uh, uh, yeah, the name is based uh, on the song of Ice and Fire, the Game of Thrones books. Yeah, um, yeah when, we, when we brought the corporate ladder up to do this glad and started just chit-chatting, getting to know each other a little bit better, talking about our interests, we... Everyone at Firemaker loves, you know, fantasy, medieval, dragons, all that stuff. Same Good at Corporate stuff. Ladder. Yeah. Um, we found that as our common ground, so tried to work that in into the beer name, and you know, that's where we landed at. That's where the ladder comes from. So, how did there you know, go. Why did you uh, partner up with them on this this uh, this beer? Um, so, as you know, I've, we've uh, advertised quite a bit. Is uh, we got the number two best brewery uh, in USA today for last year, and Corporate Ladder was number nine. Um, so, uh, after we got the award, we definitely wanted to keep our eyes out for collaborations with it. Um, the tapper manager for corporate ladder happened to come by Firemaker just on vacation one day, dropped off a couple beers, met with our taproom manager, um, got some emails going back and forth and Hey, let's make this happen. You know, there we it, go. Kinda, it was very natural, very easy. We didn't reach out to them. They didn't reach out to us specifically, just cross paths and it worked out really well. I think those are the best collabs because I've talked yeah. to other brewers you know, how do you, how do you do your collabs? And, and most of them say, you know what? It's kind of organic. You know, we're hanging out, we're doing this and that. And we're like, you know what? We should collab. You know, we know each other, do this. It's not like, I want to collab with this brewery. Let's get here. Now you mentioned uh, the number two brewery award that you won USA Today for 2021, but that wasn't it. You guys had a pretty good 2021 overall, right? Yeah. Which was crazy coming off of 2020 opening right before COVID shut us down in March. And, uh, you know, 2020 was just, just sort of like the wild west for the industry in general. And then, uh, 2021 though. Yeah. We, uh, 
we we had a pretty cool year. Uh, we grew a lot, and uh, also um, uh, actually Rachel, our marketing manager, um, we got uh, two um, international gold medals uh, for the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Um, one for our can design. Was it all the can designs, or a, a particular one for our core lineup? Right. Yeah. Core okay. lineup. Okay. Which oh, shout out to Jordan Atkinson for uh, the artwork on <laughs> so the can. Your designer. Okay. Yeah. And I'm gonna since we're on radio here, I'm gonna give a visual. Are these? Are these supposed to be dragon scales? So is the scales on the can? Exactly. So what you're okay. looking at is our LTO. And so our LTO, um, they all use some variation of the dragon scales. But if you notice, like we put little small What's designs. What's LTO, Elliot? Limited time offerings. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> right. He's talking these. Uh, I don't these know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're that right. seemed like yeah. important slang that we didn't know. Today. I didn't know that yeah. one. So now we know, though. Now yeah. we know. <laughs> um, but uh, our cores. Actually, we can grab. If, yeah. Grab one. Uh, our okay, cores Okay. So are, is this the LTO? Kind of your template is this and a different one for your cores, right? Precisely. So our okay. cores actually all have different designs on them. I got uh, you. Here we go. Here we go. But they do L- have the QR code on there, which is handy in case you need to uh, get so, some, it's some so, quick information. It's so funny. Me and Rachel were like, we got to put QR codes. And this is back in like early 2019. We're like, QR codes and, you know, it's going to be this unique thing. And then... COVID, we're like, Everybody's I'm glad doing. everyone knows how to use them. Because I remember before before uh, COVID, I thought, I think I expressed possibly not on the air, but just in general, probably to Tim, that QR codes are dead. I don't know why anybody does anything with those anymore. <laughs> now they're just kind of essential. QR codes like, thank you so much, pandemic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. it's like yes. The big winner in the pam- pandemic, QR, QR codes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our great grandmothers they know need how to, to use them. They need <laughs> a right. trophy yeah. for that. So you got the can design and the crushies, right? Is that what they're yes, called? Yes, yes. Yes, the crushies. Yeah. And the website design. I was looking through the website. Nice, nicely designed website, you know. Clean design there. Yeah, very cool. You design the website. Uh, you know what? That's uh Why do we not have her on the mic? <laughs> well, I know. That's it. We get some pointers. Get, you know what? Slide it. Here we go. You know yeah. what? We do uh, want to talk a little yeah. marketing with you, Rachel. So we're going to... <laughs> We're going to get Rachel to come in here for a second and talk talk design with us a little bit because I think this is an important part. It's absolutely of craft beer. So because it's what people gets people to buy it, right? What, what they see, you know. As we all know, the shelves are crowded, man. There's nine thousand plus craft brewers out there, and we're seeing more being distributed from one state to the other and around and all that. So uh, I completely agree. Is like, and that's something I learned from you know working with uh, United, and they got a lot of big brands. I mean, Diageo, Sweetwater, Terrapin, stuff like that. It's like. Right. The second full-time hire that FireMaker ever had, not long after a head brewer, was Rachel, our marketing manager, because it was like, yeah, we're, of course, making beer. That's where my passion is and, you know, heart is, but we also have to market it, and we have to, you know, really stand out on crowded shelves and things like that. But then also just looking at it like you have to be unique in your can design, but then also um, um, not cause any consumer confusion on, hey, I'm I'm buying a FireMaker beer, right. So, So Rachel, Rachel. as you guys were building out, I know that Elliot did uh, progress videos. Yeah. Was it, were you behind that? The, the progress videos that he did? Yeah. So I was, I was filming all of those the okay. brewery updates. And that's because everybody wants to know where do things stand? You know, they want to know where is this brewery and Elliot made sure to come on and act a little goofy and, mm-hmm. and show us some uh, progress as the brewery was being built out. Most of those were like after 10 or 12 hours with construction. So it was easy. I was just like, you, just like uh, I was literally goofy and loopy yeah, at the time. So. <laughs> Rachel's like honing me and she's like, or she'd be like that. That's great. Do that yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, those were a lot of fun because that was obviously before we had any any beer, any product, anything right. to sell. Um, so we definitely wanted to basically uh, build a fan base before sure. before we even opened, which I think we were pretty successful at. You want people, and that's that's so important across any business. People will try your product. Do they like you? For most things, is like you know, I feel you. Know, I'm sure there's pl- people out there that firemakers their brewery. You know, that's what, hey, you know, I, I go to FireMaker and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. we have a ton of regulars for sure. Yeah, 
So, and that's, gosh, that's what you want. You know, they're your, probably your, your greatest salespeople, no offense your to bread and butter, any yeah. of the salespeople oh, yeah. here, but you know, you get out there and you, you make someone a fan, they're going to tell their friend. Uh, you're absolutely right. We talk about that all the time is like you get one chance for somebody to try the beer. So the beer has to be good, of course. Um, and then how do you get somebody to like identify and connect with the brand itself? And there's tons of routes and avenues to that. Me and Rachel spend a lot of, a lot of time talking about that, that exact thing. And you, uh, <laughs> it's always evolving. Yeah. You yeah, gotta make the yeah. brand, but okay. So we were talking about the, the core cans here at a lot of dragons, a lot yes, of dragons sure. happening in here. And there's a lot of dragons in the tap yeah. room tying it all together. But, and that right. So do you do the, the artwork as well? Are you doing all the design here? Um, no. So the artwork, Jordan Atkinson, um, he actually did our murals a, and he'll okay. do other art for us as well, but he does the, um, the can designs. Um, me and Elliot will do like art direction for it, but he, he really perfects it and makes okay. it come to life. So that's it. You know what? We just wanted to talk branding a little bit. Talk about how important it is that people, they see your beer on a shelf and they know that's a Firemaker beer or it attracts them in. And then they're like, oh, Firemaker. I, kn- I know that name. I know those guys. Good stuff. Even you- with the variation, there's a consistency amongst them that, that look at the backside of the can without seeing the main logo. They look the same. And like you, you can tell that these are all, despite the, the differences in colors, these are consistent. Well, right. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, they all have the same layout, especially um, we call it the side labels. That's what it is like with all the information on it. Um, every beer has the QR code like we were talking about, a beer story on it, um, three descriptive factors, a beer meter. So um, we basically want you to be able to look at the can and taste it before you even open it. They're informative and educational. Yes. <laughs> taste it, you need to know taste right it before there. you even open it's like it. PBS. I like that. Yeah. That's right. Brian's like, sign me <laughs> I'm up. on board. I'm on board. Well, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. And branding, growing, marketing, developing a fan base has led to expansion, mm-hmm. right? So as we were talking during the break to, with our friend and sponsor, Ant Story of Storytime yeah. Construction, and he's been building out some cool stuff at FireMaker here recently, and we're going to dip into it a little bit. We don't have long for a break, but you've got a beer garden now, mm-hmm. correct? There's an event space. Uh, what else is happening right now at FireMaker? Um, well, so essentially the building next door to us went for sale, um, and it had been for sale for like 20 years, uh, 20 oh. plus years. So luckily the uh, investors who are very smart um, were like, well, that's an opportunity we can't uh, pass up. So that expansion or that acquisition allowed us to do a lot of things. And one of the things being a uh, uh, beer garden, a uh, beer hall, a uh, little event space that we've put together, mm-hmm. but also bulk storage, um, really, which then allowed us to free up our production area. And now we are doubling our capacity in Firemaker, like original uh, location, which they're right next to each other. So it's we we all call it the campus. Just a little sidewalk <laughs> yeah, to walk across exactly. there, So right? we call it the campus because we're like, where are you at? And <laughs> trying to find the each campus. other. Oh, and then the big thing is the office. Uh, so like the first offices were in that same area and it was basically like five of us in a room, not even this big, just trying to uh, crowd it in there, right? <laughs> Good stuff, yeah. man. Awesome. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take us another break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Firemaker Brew. It's 
Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Football season is here, and holiday parties are right around the corner. The Nest Kennesaw has you covered for both. Their new covered patio is perfect for cheering on your team while enjoying some great craft beer and keeping a safe social distance. When you're ready to schedule your next party, the Nest can handle big and small requests on-site or off-site at their event venue. Whether you're planning a weekend with a few friends or a party for 100, visit thenestkennesaw.com and make your plans today. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Shake it, back. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Firemaker Brewing. Firemaker Brewing, we've been tasting a couple more of their beers here, and I currently have, I drank Chattahoochee tea. That sounded great. The that did. Pop. That was perfect. That was a beautiful can pop there. The marketing person, of course. It is, right? Of course. Yeah. She's even got skills with the sounds, too. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, Chattahoochee tea. I had, I've had that before. This one seemed really good, and I'm sure you guys are always improving there, working on that. But uh, tell us about that beer, because it's pretty unique. So Chattahoochee tea, uh, the idea behind it was <laughs> we wanted to do... West Coast IPAs, East Coast, New England IPAs, you know, everything uh, around the states, uh, per se. And it was like, why is there not a Southeastern IPA? That was just literally the the idea. So then we started bouncing around with our old head brewer, uh, Tyler, uh, before we were in open and uh, with Rachel. And it was like, all right, so what's synonymous with the South, you know, as far as like food pairings and stuff like that? And we got into, of course, sweet tea. Like you can go right. anywhere in the South and get sweet or unsweetened tea. You start moving out of the South. Probably not going to find good sweet tea as, as often. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, so, um, and uh, so then the idea was uh, our old brewer, uh, Tyler, he, he, um, he had done a green tea pale ale and I tried it and it was, it was a good beer, but it just wasn't exactly what we were looking for with like an experimental IPA where we're like trying to say like, and we put it on the count, Southeastern IPA. But I started thinking back to my home brewing days and I was like, you need to sweeten it up a little bit from the bitterness of the, the tea blend in it. And once we added a little bit of lactose, that kind of rounded out the tea. And made got a hooch tea. So that just is a little lactose in there, huh? Just to round out the, the bitterness from the and we use green Wheat and black tea. tea. And cream. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, okay. But it's tasty, unique and tasty. And I know when it launched, there were some people that hated on it before they'd ever tried it. Oh yeah. Just yeah. you know, yeah. out of the gate, there's gotta be a few haters. Oh there. sure. Preemptive yeah. hating. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. What? What's the and so the the thing is is there's still people who don't like it. I, I would actually give it about eighty five percent. They they come up and they're like, No, I like my beer and tea separate you know <laughs> that's, I hear that and you're like okay we'll give it a try you Fine. like beer antsy yeah and uh 85 percent they taste them like i've never had anything like this yeah. and so uh talk about creating fans and stuff like sure. that um I, I definitely think uh people who like chattahoochee really like chattahoochee and there's some people who try it and they're like nope i still like my beer and my tea separate. fair enough man fair so, enough we've got some of those too you don't have to drink it with yeah, tea. Was, we got 30 beers on track. Yes. <laughs> i was skeptical going in and the, i think that on our very first visit well i've got to try that i'm like i'm, sure. I'm skeptical yeah, yeah. i'm thinking this is going to 
not going to hit the market. It, it was good. It, it's still good. I yeah. like it. And we actually didn't plan on putting it into the market as fast as we did, but it was actually our distributors who tried it, and they're like, "There's nothing else like this out there. You need to put this in the Go market it, and huh? give it give it its run in the market and see if it uh see if it does well." I want to talk craft brewing guilds with oh, you yeah. or guilds. So, uh, you have recently been elected the VP, or is this recent? How long uh, have you been the end VP? Of last year, right? No, so it's it's in the summer. So uh, it was the uh, summer of last year. I was on the board the year before, and then I was elected to VP um, last summer in July. But oh, okay. uh, we didn't think but about to, posting it. But to finish it, this, then... the sentence, VP of the Georgia Craft Brewers. Oh Guild. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so VP yeah. of the Georgia, so Craft, of the Georgia yep. Craft Brewers Guild. Uh, and we're always trying to improve the laws here. Mm-hmm. There's currently we currently have a bill out SB four SB four twenty. What are we trying to do here in Georgia with SB 420? Uh, very quickly, in like a sentence where you're trying to remove the cap limit on breweries, uh, basically you can buy 288 ounces right now, or you can buy 288 ounces right now. We're trying to remove that cap limit uh, for breweries. So we have people walk in and they're like, hey, I'm going to go to my friend's wedding on Saturday and I need two or three cases. And we're like, you get one. You get one. <laughs> like, can I get a keg? No. 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 Um, so we're trying to remove that cap limit. And then also uh, product donations, beer donations to charities and stuff like that. So there's so many small charities and we work with a whole lot of charities and they reach out to us and they want just beer for whatever they're doing to, you know, help their fundraising or whatnot. And uh, we can't uh, just donate our can't product. Legally to right? No. No, so, Elliot. Sorry. Go ahead, sir. Oh, no, no. Just. A question I always see when we talk about these, because I know something we've talked about for years here in Georgia is self-distribution, mm-hmm. something we do not have that is totally forbidden in the state. And anytime the bills are posted on online beer forms and that, there's always people that ask, why are we going for these piddly little incremental changes? When what we, why don't we just go out and say, look, we want self-distribution. And, and of course, from the consumer side, we want a higher ABV cap. We want self-distribution. We want that. Why don't we go after that? Why don't we make that hard at bat to get that done? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, honestly, 10 years ago, I would have been like the same person. Uh, I'd be the person saying that as you get deeper into it and you work more and more closely with how how it actually takes for laws to change. It's not, you know, breaking down a wall overnight. It's uh, sure. brick by brick over time. And uh, as we've all seen, just being people of the world, uh, how slow things can move in legislation. Uh whichever direction they're going. And so you have to go out and get the incremental wins every day. So they build up to, you know, your long-term goals and stuff like that. you don't, Oh, sorry. I'm just saying you don't open a brewery overnight as you, you, you brew your first beer, you hire your first person. And, 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 you know, it's, it's just, it's the same way. It's you're, 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 I am not saying like people who, who want to say that. Yeah. Shake the cages, whatnot, but sure. you're swinging, you're swinging for the fence when we, we, we want to get on first. And, and let's be honest here. There's a side of this that, that has, a pretty strong force at the fence line. And so when you go in for these law changes, and if you've never followed a law that closely, if you've never followed how it works, it's not as simple as having a good idea or a right idea and putting it in front of a lawmaker and saying there's lobbyists out there for every industry, for the alcohol industry. And the thing is, is there's lobbyists that are pro craft brewer. There's lobbyists that are pro wholesaler. And a lot of times those two don't jive with each other. Sure. You know, a lot, they're, they're of, times. In, a lot of the time. Uh, retailers as well. There were retailers when we got the right in 2017. I say we, when breweries got the right in 2017, when we, Georgia, got the right uh, to do direct sales, there were retailers that were very unhappy about it. There were retailers that made threats to brewers that I'll never carry your product in if you're going to become my competitor. And so, you know, these things, the reason to my understanding, Elliot, is you don't swing for the fences is because there's someone there and that it's, it could be a showstopper from getting these incremental changes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so 
I say swinging for the fences. There's a there's a whole defensive team. There's a very strong <laughs> defensive, <laughs> team, defensive team. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, on self distribution, while uh, I mean, it obviously works in other states. I came from the distributor side, and I saw how hard everybody works there. We we have great distributors, and they are a hardworking team. Right. And I, I think there's a way for both uh, to exist, and that's the movement we we need to be pushing forward. And and we see it in other states with you know small limited distribution. A small brewery and, 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 and trust us, yeah, uh, like in a free market, you know, you go out and sell your product. You don't walk into a bakery and the baker says, uh, you can buy one loaf of bread. That's so, right. That's it. So, <laughs> 288 ounces of bread yeah, and then get out of here. But so. we, we can't do what the distributors do. Like, right. we need them. They're our partners. And luckily, we partner with mm-hmm. ours very well. But, like, they have fleets of trucks. They, they have relationships across the state. And then they go out and move that. But letting a small brewery kind of get their feet into the water and then go out and, you know, pick their distributor uh that seems to be the more common around the nation. And the thing is, is a lot of these distributors, they don't want the 200-barrel brewery that's going to send a keg out to their neighborhood bar. That is not worth their time to come down, pick up warehouse, catalog, and all this. So it really seems like in the long term, it would be a win-win for some limited self-distribution here in Georgia. Yes. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, but like I said, with the wall, it's uh, brick by brick. That's right. So. Man, brick <laughs> by brick. Well, we don't want to take up all the time. We've got a little bit of time here. We want to let people know about your grand anniversary. So our grand anniversary, uh, the reason it's called grand anniversary is because uh, we opened March 6th of 2020, um, which is perfect timing because we closed yeah. mm-hmm. seven, eight days later in middle of March uh, for uh, COVID. And we had <laughs> we did a soft opening March 6th and our grand opening was going to be like late March. So uh, obviously that didn't happen with COVID. I closed for a few months, reopened. And then uh, fast forward to 2021, we were like, all right, well, it's kind of a combination. It's our grand opening and our anniversary because we had to push it back a year. So grand anniversary is the name we just used and then stuck. And so now it's our grand anniversary. Um, I didn't want to uh, just quick on the guild, though, is that um, the guild is actually putting together their very first. And this is a plug. Sure, uh, go so, for it. Um, <laughs> well, nice segue there, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, hey, Tim, I want to plug something. Yeah. Rock on, man. Yeah. Rock uh, on. For so um, a lot of us at the Guild, uh, um, uh, Rachel, the president uh, for Monday night, and uh, Joseph, uh, the executive director, um, and a, a lot of other uh, people um, um, all working together. We have uh, we are going to put together our first uh, ever Georgia uh, Guild Beer Festival, and that is actually uh, Saturday, April second. And the neat oh. thing is, is it's uh, it's really the first like Guild sanctioned beer festival. And what a lot of us are doing is we are collaborating on beers with other Georgia breweries. So at this beer festival, you'll be able to get collaborations that you normally would never be able to get, and you know a lot of them uh, also with. Uh, Supporting your we'll share links program. on that. We'll make sure yeah, people know about it there. So, Elliot, almost out of time. We're, I'm going to steal a question Brian had for you here. Uh, you're going for your pilot's license. If you get your pilot's license and we get self-distribution, will you fly, distribute your beers around? <laughs> sure, the, in the Sky Lizard. <laughs> That's it. In the Sky Lizard. There we go. Uh, if people want to keep up with what's going on at Firemaker Brewing, what's going to be the best way for them to do that? Uh, across all social medias, we are at Firemaker Beer, or just go to our website at firemakerbeer.com. And, Good stuff. Uh, yeah, everyone knows what to do by this point in time. Find you got to figure code. it out, man. Find the QR code. <laughs> y'all, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you all for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Sure thing. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Brian, join us next week as we talk with Arkansas's Fossil Cove Fossil Cove Cove. Brewing Company. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us for more craft beer info. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.